Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to episode eight of the Political Tipster. Uh, so, last episode, we were talking about the Canadian elections, and that was a huge waste of time because uh, almost nothing changed. I think the Liberals gained two, Conservatives lost two seats, everything stays the same. Uh, Justin Trudeau, minority government. And uh, since then, also, we've had the elections in Russia, which, uh, unsurprisingly, uh, Vladimir Putin's United Russia won quite comfortably. A couple of seats lost, but still a, a huge majority. And apart from that, really, we, we have a small election in the Isle of Man today, deciding the parliament. Uh, but the big one we want to look at today is the elections in Germany. Uh, now, this is very interesting because uh, it will be uh, the first election uh, since uh, Angela Merkel's announcement that she will be leaving the uh, chancellorship. Uh, now, today, I've uh, got another very special guest today. Um, his name is uh, Leon Drexler. He's a young uh, student activist. Uh, who has uh, taken up uh, an interest in politics since a very young age, and uh, he'll be here to explain a bit uh, what are the hot issues of the election. And uh, yeah, so uh, welcome to the show, Leon. Thank you very much for inviting me. Yeah. No problems. So uh, since uh, we, we have mostly English listeners, could you briefly explain how the voting system works in these elections? Um, sure. So if you go into a uh, cabin and vote, you have two votes to make, two crosses to make. So the first one is called Erststimme, which means the first vote. And the second one, the Zweitstimme, the second vote. Um, so the first vote always, um, you always vote for the first mandate, the first candidate of your Wahlkreis, of your local um, well, of your local voting region, region yeah. Uh, it's just a cut in. It's essentially first past the post, the first vote. Like in the UK, you vote for each constituency. But yeah, exactly. exactly. So the second vote is uh, for the party. So you vote for the party that you want represented in the Bundestag, in the parliament, and is uh, on the national level so it's not only your local one but the uh, completely state one um so yeah these are the two ones that you can do and just to add to that that uh, every year the bundestag the number of seats in the bundestag change uh because we have what are called overhang seats so yeah what happens... they're a big problem currently in uh, germany is some parties actually want to reduce them for example the afd has quite a revolutionary approach to them and um depending on the interests of the party these uh, mandates are well there's nothing really achieved in getting rid of those because the bundestag is growing every year every four years to be honest uh, and, uh, yeah. uh, and just to explain quickly the the overhang seats is when let's say um the CDU, for example, gets 120 seats, constituency seats, and in the list, the second vote, they get 100 seats. That shows that they have been overrepresented in the constituency, 
And so rather than removing their 20 seats, uh, they redistribute those extra 20 seats to other parties, which means uh, if I take last year's last elections example, there were 598 constituency and list seats, uh, but then there was a further 110 overhang seats. So in total, there were 709 seats uh, in the Bundestag. And in order to qualify to enter the Bundestag, you must meet the threshold of uh, 5% of the vote. Um, so last election, uh, just... Well, to add to that quickly, um, yeah. if you win three uh, local um, voting areas, then you don't actually need 5%. So for example, um, many people um, think, like, are arguing whether the left party, the Linke, will achieve 5% to get into the Bundestag. However, it is quite sure that they will um, get three um, local mandates, so they will most certainly be represented in the Bundestag either by the 5% or the three direct mandates. Yeah, if I remember rightly, there was a case of this a couple of elections ago. I can't remember the party, but they got 4.2%, but three constituency seats, so they were allowed to enter. might have been Link, the, the left party, a few years back, but I know it has happened once. Um, so briefly, the previous election results. So uh, the CDU, uh, CSU, which is the Christian Democrat Union, uh, they achieved 246 seats, which was a decrease of 65. The SPD won 20.5% of the vote, uh, which was down 5%, which got them 153 seats, down 40. Uh, the big performers of the last elections were the AFD, Alternative for Deutschland. Uh, they got 12.6% of the vote, and uh, they gained 94 seats from a previous era, which was uh, really earthquake across Germany. Then in fourth, we had the FDP, who gained about 10.7% and 80 seats, up from zero again. Um, then we had Link Die, or Die Link, sorry, who mm -hmm. got, yeah, the Link, who got 9.2%, uh, 69 seats, up five. And finally, the Greens, 8.9%, 67 seats, and up four. So originally, there was going to be what we call the Jamaican coalition, which was the CDU, the Greens, and the FDP. And those colours, the party makeup, yeah, just like the Jamaican flag. Uh, but this was the first ever time in, in German history that the coalition talks uh, failed. Uh, and actually, despite the fact that the SDP had originally uh, ruled it out, uh, they, they ended up forming what we call a grand, uh, the biggest party coalition with the CDU. I, I believe there was some protests from the youth wing of the uh, SPD, uh, but eventually it was voted through and uh, it was the, if I'm right, it was the second government, consecutive government to be a grand coalition. In Germany, we are making the joke that uh, almost every government is a grand coalition, and it has been the coalition of Germany since uh, centuries, <laughs> because it has been uh, well evident that it has been there for 
eight or more years, even more, I think. Yeah. And uh, I, I would like to just apologize now if I keep saying SDP instead of SPD. I'm, I'm a member of the S English SDP. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to make many mistakes with that. Um, There's so actually a German band called SDP. You remember? No, okay. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to uh, just quickly, briefly look at the ideologies of the six parties who are very likely to enter the Bundestag. So the CDU, uh, characterized, we'll say, by Christian democracy, liberal conservatism and, and pro-Europeanism, what can you tell me about the, uh, the membership and the, the, the ideology, really, of this party? Well, the CDU is generalized and stereotyped uh, stereotyped tied, uh, by the uh, by the people as like the old people's party um, because Christianity right now in Germany is being identified with only uh, old people. Uh, they are very conservative, not very conservative, but they are in well in comparison to the other parties uh, fairly conservative. Mm. Uh, they are, as you said, pro-European and have been the governing party for almost uh, 16 or more years. Um, so they stand not for really radical change, but rather slow progress, um, which stands in contrast to other parties like the Green Party or the FDP, who want more radical contrast, uh, um, change, I mean, and uh, yeah. Uh, what's interesting actually is this is a, a coalition, so you have uh, two almost branches. So you have the CDU, which is the national party and the CSU, which is solely operates in Bavaria, if I'm right. And that is true, yeah. And uh, from, from what I've read, the CSU tends to be slightly more socially conservative uh, yeah. because it dominates a Catholic dominated area. So for example, um, for example, the CSU wanted to provide compensation for parents not intending to send children to public nursery. And they wanted stricter regulations on shopping hours in Germany, uh, which uh, both of which the CDU were, were against themselves. So uh, that there is a slight contrast between the two, but when it comes to elections, they uh, always seem to yeah, that, that really became evident when they had to cho uh, choose the chancellor candidate. Either it would be Marco Söder of the CESU, the, the, so, the Bavarian branch, or it would be Armin Laschet of the CDU. Um, and there it really showed a split in the fraction, not only between the CDU and the CSU, but also between these uh, branches themselves. So, mm. but like they, at the end, they always uh, stand there united. Of course, they have no other choice. For example, in these elections, they have to be uh, um, very closely linked together. Otherwise, they will not be able to um, get into the government. But that's something that we will talk about later, I think. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so now here, the, the current front runners of this election, the, the SPD, what, what, uh, what is their philosophy? Well, the SPD is the longest uh, lived party uh, in these from these um, six or seven big parties. The, as their name says, Social Democratic Party of Germany. So they are more leftist. They are not radical left or anywhere like uh, very left, like the Green or, Greens or the left. 
uh, but uh, they are conservative left, let's say like that, liberal left. Uh, they stand for the workers uh, usually. Uh, so for example, they want higher um, minimum salary. Uh, they also want a higher uh, tax for the rich people and uh, are also more liberal based and also um, want in to invest more to climate battling climate change than the CDU. Mm. So it's more of a conservative um, alternative for the people who want to vote left, but not to extreme left. Yeah, from, from what I read, it, it actually did start as a, a party heavily influenced by Marxism. But, and uh, communism, yeah. Mm. They, were the, they were the deciding party uh, before World War One when there was still a parliament there, and mm. especially in the Weimar Republic until Hitler's rise, the SPD had, uh, was really decisive during that period, but was always too left for parties to form a coalition with. Um, but after the uh, Second World War, the SPD and uh, SCDU were the two major parties always changing uh, and battling and having a little fight between these two parties. Uh, to form the government but uh, yeah a little history yeah. there and uh, quite crucially actually is that they were the only party to vote against uh, the nazi party's enabling act oh yeah sure yeah. Uh, an exam about this in history about uh, the spd's uh, leader otto welt's uh, speech against the enabling act which was quite uh, interesting um, but in 1959, uh, they introduced something called the Gottesberg Programme, which uh, actually reformed the party from a Marxist to a more moderate uh, social democrat party. And uh, it, it's quite similar to the Labour Party of today, where we, we have it's pretty socially liberal. Uh, and then uh, it seems to be a, uh, there seems to be a fracture, slight division between the social democrats or the, the Keynesian social democrats and the third way uh, social democrats. And uh, the, this was quite evident in 2010 when there, there was a fracture in the party uh, uh, when it came to social welfare reform. Uh, so it's, it's similar to the Labour Party in a sense that it's quite a broad church, uh, which has got fractions of the left on the centre left and centre. Um, moving on, so uh, last election, as I said, uh, we had a, a huge breakthrough for the AFD, mm. alternative for Deutschland, who are, uh, well, some, some people were rather worried when, they, when their populism rose. Um, but uh, so why are people concerned by uh, this party? What is it about? Um, the AFD is the only major right-wing party, uh, uh, more authoritarian-leaned. Um, some people tend to uh, call them fascist, which is a bit uh, overdone. Um, however, they are, well, very leaning, uh, lenient towards the right. And um, for example, they stand for a strict uh, immigration policy, especially um, uh, focusing on um, Islamist um, terrorism and all that uh, stuff. Um, they, the AFD is also a very fractured party uh, between the right-wing extremists and the uh, more right-center um, politicians in their party. 
Um, for example, we have that uh, radical leader Björn Hocke, mm. who is being, um, well, everyone hates him in Germany except for the uh, right-wing extremists of the AfD, and the AfD doesn't know if they want to become a right-wing extreme party or more of a right-wing center party. And um, as I said, they stand for stricter immigration policy um, and um, yeah, also want uh, the German citizenship not to be given that easily to foreign people mm. and um yeah so they are yeah, yeah I, I i think i saw a quote actually from Ock who uh said well he he basically believes that germany should uh reclaim their national pride uh yeah. and not live a, a culture of shame and and he exactly. said that uh, talking about the berlin holocaust memorial said Germans are the only people in the world to plant a momentum of shame in the heart of the capital. So, yeah, he's uh, quite uh, right-leaning. Yeah, uh, and like generally, the AfD is um, very attraction, attention-grabbing with their speeches and rhetorics. For example, the I think it's a former leader of the AfD, uh, Gauland, who once said that Hitler was not that bad of a politician, uh, just as the Holocaust and the Second World War were uh, um, really um, diminishing his reputation, which of course strike huge um, waves in Germany. And um, yeah, what I forgot to talk about the AfD here was that they are very popular in the East. And so we've got a very big East-West divide the west um, is more left while the east is more right-leaned uh, as you know the uh, germany was split uh, before 1990 in the west into west germany and the east german um, country so we've got the bdr the gdr the gdr was led by communism and um, well after the reunification with germany the ex-gdr states are now very lenient toward right-wing politics and um, uh, for example, in Saxony, uh, uh, the AFD um, is uh, shown in uh, surveys as 26%, um, while in West Germany, they are currently at, I don't know, like 7 to 10%, which really shows a difference mm. in uh, politics between both um, parts of Germany. And uh, are, are they similar to uh, in France and... Uh... Uh, other former industrial countries are, are they doing rather well in in post-industrial former heart former industrial heartlands is that the same pattern they're following no i think uh, the exact opposite there like in um, so in the west we've got the rural area and all this industrialized land while in the east we've got that more farmer agricultural mm. and, um, and uh, mass working um, uh, States, so I think that the AFD is rather directing themselves at older people who still believe in old ideals, of course, traditional um, ideas and values. And um, I think that the AFD is a great political indicator of the East-West divide in Germany currently, so. Interesting, it's uh, very different in France, for example, the National Front has its most success in, in former industrial heartlands um that actually used to vote uh communist and, and far left in a lot of places so there seems to be a a drawing bridge between the the left and right populism mm. uh and actually actually 
two interesting developments with the AFD just this year uh, was in early March 2021, well, early March this year, uh, there was a Germany's major media outlets reported that, uh, uh, I'm trying to read this, Bundesverfassungsgericht. Oh, the Bundesverfassungsgericht? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the German names are sometimes very difficult to pronounce, even for me. Yeah, so they had reported and uh, they, they had placed the whole AFD under surveillance as a su suspected extremist group. Uh, yeah, just explain for some viewers here, maybe the Bundesverfassungsgericht is presently the constitutional court, which always ah, okay. looks at um, how um, if the parties are um, working for the constitution and not like plotting against it. And um, for example, the NPD, which is our far, far, far right extremist party, even uh, more right than the AFD, was almost banned by the constitutional court. However, it never came to this. Why? I cannot explain, but um, yeah. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see uh, how that develops. I think it's been put on hold now, the investigation, until after the elections, but uh, we might start to see some, uh, some investigations after the election. And uh, one other thing which was quite interesting um, is that um, in the this year as well, the majority of AFD supporters voted uh, to adopt a policy of withdrawing from uh, the European bloc. Mm, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah so, they were very anti-European, yes. So it's interesting, it's the first time really, I think, uh, since the creation of the EU really, that Germans have had a, a clear choice of, of being able to leave, if I'm right. Is it the first party to offer? I think it's the first major party to do yeah. that. I think there are very many splitter parties. Um, but what's uh, uh, why they want to leave the EU is mostly because they feel that Germany is being uh, like economically dragged back by the EU and is being put under too much control by the EU Parliament, for example. Uh, and um, especially with the 2015 refugee crisis and the Greek economic crisis, Spanish mm. economic crisis. All these crises, uh, which are which have put massive strains on German economy, have given the AFD massive popularity boosts. Mm. And you can see in 2013, I think they got only four or three percent in the yeah. Bundestag. After the 2015 uh, refugee crisis, they suddenly surged to 12 percent. Um, so I think there are some deep roots to racism or other um, ideologies as well or rather the feeling of uh, security. And um, yeah, it's very difficult uh, to debate there. Mm -hmm. uh, and moving on, uh, next we have the FDP. Mm. Uh, what can you tell me about them? Um, well, the FDP uh, can be said as a, is a green party for the boys, practically, but um, <laughs> it's more economically uh, based. So what the green party is for um, ecology, the FDP is for economy. Uh, so they are the rich party. Um, tend, they tend to have votes between 8 and 13 percent. Um, they want reduced taxes for the rich people, want innovation instead of... Uh, um, uh, well, uh, uh, forbidding stuff, uh, I don't know the word there. Um, um, abolition, abolition, sorry, yeah. 
um, uh, they are they want to support uh, sci the sciences and businesses and want to solve the climate crisis through innovation through mm. economic progress and um, yeah essentially uh, like a libertarian party libertarian party yes um, they are um, predominantly voted by I think younger and rich people um, and uh, from my own experience very many friends of mine uh, almost only male friends um, tend to uh, well identify with the ideologies of the FTP uh, just uh, just a few small suggestions of their ideas so they uh, uh, yeah essentially they want they want to stop uh, constant government intervention in, in individual lives they want to Canada style points-based immigration system they want to cut taxes by about 30 billion euros which was twice as much as the cdu they want to privatize the rail lines the telecommunications and post and uh, on a more social level they're they're supportive of legalizing cannabis and same-sex marriage so it's uh, yeah it's essentially a very libertarian party both mm. economically and uh, socially uh, and then on the opposite of the scale, uh, we've got uh, Dialink. Oh yeah, yeah. They so are the. They. It can be said that they are practically the AFD of the left side. I don't want to compare them there, but uh, the, as much as the AFD is right wing, the Linker is left wing. Um, so the Linker are very left lenient. They are. Um, for example, in the currently they are um, uh, they they want uh, the um, current minimum wage, which is which is at eight or nine euros, to be at twelve, which is a massive increase. They are especially uh, there for the workers for um, very socialist reforms, um, and also very libertarian. Um, they also have very communist roots, so they don't want communism or something like that, but they have some uh, left extreme wing, which is in supportive of uh, communism. And this is also a reason why uh, establishing a coalition with them would be very difficult or rather parties don't want to do it. And uh, I believe um, in foreign policy, they have rather radical foreign policy as well, such as mm. uh, withdrawing from NATO. Uh, which oh, yeah, they're very passive if they want to reduce uh, military spending also by almost mm. half i've heard on i don't don't uh, quote me there but like they want to reduce military spending by very much yeah that's exactly what they uh, they, they want to reduce military spending in the, the bundesphere um yeah and uh, it's yeah your typical hard left uh, workers party to be honest uh, not much else to say and uh, we'll finish off with uh, uh, a party which was doing well in the polls a few months ago and has lost a bit of uh, momentum recently, but uh, still doing quite well is uh, the Greens. So uh... yeah, the, the hip party of the youth. Um, <laughs> quite interestingly, the junior, uh, the under eighteen survey of vote, um, which has been currently held, and the uh, and the results are quite new. Um, put the Greens at 28%, which is mm. much higher than the over 18s result, of course. Um, so 
we can see that they are very popular among the youth. Um, they, they are also a very left-leaning party, but rather left-centered. Um, they stand, as their name says, for green, for ec ecology. Um, they stand for uh, regulating the uh, meat industry much more, for regulating especially the car industry for um, uh, against climate change, for um, uh, electric cars and very radical change in climate uh, for climate to work against climate change. And um, they've caused a lot of controversy because we've got ardent supporters of the Green Party and we've got ardent, let's say, haters of the Green Party. Um, and so, yeah. Um, uh, uh, I'm guessing so because uh, still one of Germany's biggest industries is mm -hmm. automobiles. So if uh, uh, they won't exactly be uh, the biggest fans of uh, the Greens, uh, I presume. Well, no, but they are uh, trying to like. I think they are already know. They already know that the Green Party will f sooner or later be forming a government. So, for example, the Mercedes-Benz, uh, the Daimler uh, company, they want to uh, only manufacture electric cars after two thousand twenty-five. So they mm. are, are, are working um, as quickly as they can on that problem. And another quite controversial point is that they're rather anti-nuclear uh, and they want to switch to more alternative uh, renewable energy. Wind, solar, water, yes. Yeah, yeah. They want which, to uh, shut down the coal industry almost immediately, which is uh, mm, difficult mm. to do because if, especially in the area which I live in, the Ruhr uh, area, the Rhineland, is very dependent on the coal industry and um, Mm. Yeah, um, and uh, jobs have to be found for the thousands, if not millions of work, uh, millions, but like a million workers, you know, which are uh, indirectly or directly connected to the coal industry. As I've always said, to be honest, uh, those uh, ecologists who are anti-nuclear, they're like the uh, anti-vaxxers of the uh, of the environmental cause, in my opinion. I've I've always been very supportive of uh, nuclear energy and I, I really never understand why most ecologists uh, oppose it but well, uh, it's debatable because uh, we've seen with Chernobyl what's uh, nuclear energy mm. if we can do, get disposed of the um, uh, nuclear waste as well like uh, some like on the moon or, or into the sun or whatever maybe we can find a solution there but uh, I think <laughs> much motivation has to be done until nuclear um, power stations are safe to use, but like it's a debatable topic, like the pro and cons. And Leon, in uh, January, mm. the CDU had a 21 point lead over the SPD. They were at 37% with the SPD polling at 16%. Now on average, the SPD has a three to five point lead. How has there been a 25 point flip in the space of eight to nine months, what, what has happened? I think it's not very much the party itself, which is important here, um, because it is a chancellor fight between these three parties. I say three parties because um, we've got a television show in Germany, which is uh, very popular. Millions of people watch it. It's called the Triel, the, uh, the three-way duel between the cancer candidates of the SPD, the CDU and the Green Party. And I think that this battle between the chancellor candidates has 
has very much decided the people's opinion on which party to vote because if you vote for the CDU, for example, you practically vote for the uh, um, CDU uh, chancellor uh, candidate, Armin Laschet. Yeah. And um, what has been deciding has really this chancellor do well. So we've got three chancellor candidates. We've got the one of the CDU, which is Armin Laschet, the SPD, Olaf Scholz, and the green uh, one, uh, Baerbock. And Armin Laschet and Baerbock, so the Green and the uh, so the CDU and the Green candidates, they have been in very many controversies, scandals, and all this stuff, which has dragged the parties down with them. Could you give me an example, just of one for each? Um, yeah. So, for example, uh, when we had the flooding in Germany, um, Armin Laschet has been caught on camera, for example, laughing in the background uh -huh. while um, yeah, one of his uh, candidates or something like one of his friends was talking on TV, which has caused, of course, a massive outrage. While Baerbock has been uh, caught uh, using plaggots and uh, not citing uh, information in her book, uh, which is recently published, uh, she has over 100 of these um, unsighted uh, sources used. So we've got um, controversies on each side and Armin Laschet and Baerbock, they're just fighting each other and fighting each other and uh, are walking into one scandal and the other, which has dragged the parties down respectively. While funnily enough, the SPD, which was like almost a dead party at the start of the year, has been as quiet, like they have been very quiet. No, nobody actually cares for them in a sense that um, they have not stepped into one scandal in a real big scandal like the other parties have. And they have um, benefited from laying low as uh, you, you, you can practically see it as a rabbit and a turtle racing each other. When the turtle, the SPD just walks down the street and has nothing to do and just doesn't want to walk into a hole. The, SP, uh, the CDU and the Green Party are the rabbits who are rising in polls and then falling with one scandal and the other. Uh, so it's all about uh, the chance of candidates here. It's not really about the party ideology. Okay, it's also about the party ideology, which I will talk about later, I guess. But yeah, that's has, and that has been the, the defining factor here. It's about who likes who and who does not. Quite interestingly, uh, the SPD have, have been almost riding two horses because uh, uh, after the, the previous election, the, the, the party leadership actually began to shift more towards the left and introduce more left and progressive uh, policies. But they chose uh, a candidate uh, who was a more moderate centrist and he was the former mayor of Hamburg and he's quite renowned for, for being anything but left wing really quite uh yeah seen as the the moderate centrist so a lot of people thought that actually that would weaken the spd's position to have a a leadership party leadership more towards the left and the centrist uh as their chancellor candidate but actually it seems to have played to their strengths and they, they've managed to just about hold uh together some sort of union between the center left uh, enough to to see this election through it seems yeah and uh, 
the party leadership is actually two unknown people and uh, for a chancellor candidate you need a name that you know and now it's Olaf Scholz who was the financial, mini uh, the financial uh, minister, the minister of economy and he's a well-known name in Germany and um, well he actually has been in the scandal, the Comex scandal and the uh, um, uh, and the uh, how do you call this again? There was another scandal with Wirecard, yes, and he has been in these, um, but they are a bit long ago, a year or more, and uh, the human mind does not care for a scandal which is longer than one year and doesn't involve any uh, romantic relationships. So I guess that he has not. Yeah. Uh, do you think he, he's, from, from what I've read, the SPD have tried to present him as the the Merkel legacy uh, candidate, someone, I think it was uh, Jeremy Cliff, uh, pointed out that actually in his campaign posters, he was even mimicking the Angela Merkel famous hand pose uh, in a lot of his campaign posters. It's almost like they're overdoing, they're mimicking uh, to show they're not embarrassed to see themselves as the as the Angela Merkel uh, legacy candidate. Is yeah, that something you noticed? That's the, key. that's the key, because we Germans historically tend to to, uh, to want not radical people, um, but rather more center and uh, more more calm people. And um, on the, uh, and Olaf Scholz is exactly that. He is a very calm man, just like Angela Merkel. She was calm, had an air of authority around her, and um, she has, she was very inactive and not heard for during the election campaign. So uh, she was not supporting a party in any way with that. Um, and in then Olaf Scholz practically just took her, uh, um, took uh, took her style, and it 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 works. Angela Merkel has not been a chancellor just like that for sixteen years. She has that very charisma and personality of calmness and um, that authority around her, which made people vote for her. And um, yeah. yeah. I think uh, from my perspective, so uh, I read that eight in 10 Germans believe that Angela Merkel uh, is currently doing a good job as, as Chancellor. She, she's incredibly popular. And uh, Many people will be questioning whether this will be a, a structural change in Germany, but from what I've seen, this is a, a very weak argument because uh, the SPD, we forget that even if they were to get 24, 25%, it's still historically one of their worst results uh, in terms of the, the popular vote. Uh, actually, they, they would be gaining power because third parties have, have done much better than in previous years. And actually, uh, the SPD is still relying on the old vote because the older, uh, the older German voters tend to traditionally vote CD or SPD. Uh, it's very rare that they'll, they'll vote for Greens. And um, I think uh, the majority, as you said, are quite centrist, mod uh, moderate. And uh, they could vote for either party, but uh, I think Merkel's personality herself is very popular. Uh, now that she's gone, I think uh, CDU will will have a bit of trouble, really. To, to... No, they don't have a they don't really have a reason to be voted for anymore. Like people voted mm. for the CDU for Merkel, we saw that with the 
election and how the election works in Germany with the second vote, with the party vote, you indirectly vote for the chancellor as well. So, um, yeah. I, I think the SPD victory really has been, we, we have to say, is characterized by strate strategically well playing the the electoral system and the environment, the current environment uh, around them. Played the long game, which is uh, very uh, determining here. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, turning to this election, uh, what have been the most important issues surrounding the the debate for uh, these elections? Um, well, there are six. Uh, according to Statistica, um, there are six main big issues which are always talked about by um, different age groups, of course. We've got, uh, most importantly, of course, uh, with the rise of the Green Party, it is understandable, the environment. Uh, we've got the COVID crisis, immigration, uh, important topic for the AFD, social inequality, more of a topic for the leftist parties, pensions and education. And... Um, I think that we go through these one by one. Yes, uh, starting with the environment, uh, it, it seems uh, this is something that most parties are getting behind. Uh, it just depends how uh, how quickly and, and how much time and investment they're putting into it. But for example, from what I see in the CDU's committed uh, to being uh, greenhouse gas neutral by 2045, the Greens and Link have tried to outdo them by saying 2030 and phasing out coal-powered stations. The FDP have said 2050. So they seem to have the same policy, but in different years. And yes, about, They all have the same goal in mind, and they all want to sell the same idea to the voter. Um, however, it is about how stringent they will follow this policy, which is the determining factor here. So... Uh, we've got the Green Party who will, will use 99% of their energy for battling the climate crisis. Um, as we said earlier in the party, uh, with the party ideology, they want to invest into new climate and, and not new climate, uh, not uh, new renewable energies, uh, electric cars, and all that, uh, and all these funny ideas. Uh, and they want to do that as quickly as we can. And I don't want to compare here the Greens to a radical fascist party or like a communist party, but uh, their populism has struck me um, quite, uh, quite enough. Like, in the Weimar Republic, radical parties um, were voted for much more in times of crisis, and now we have the climate crisis. And due to this crisis, people won't change. And that's understandable, our world is being... Um, uh, world is uh, heating up and we've all uh, got this climate uh, stuff going on but like people want change and the green party promises exactly that um while the other parties have to worry about their voters who are more uh, more um, centered pragmatic. pragmatic yeah the green party is very uh, well populist and says we are going to make change and people say and especially young people who are the uh, ones who have to worry about climate change they say okay do that radical change now we want you to vote you for exactly that and uh, another 
point of contention will be the building of Nord Stream 2 pipeline for, uh, between Russia and uh, Germany. Yeah, that's mostly political. Uh, political, uh, yeah, about if we should support Russia or not. That's, um... uh, I've seen uh, at the CDU, SPD and FDP are all in support of uh, Nord Stream 2 pipeline whilst the Greens oppose it. Uh, it would just be interesting to see what could whether it could potentially be a, a sticking point in coalition negotiations between Greens and the SPD. And uh, just uh, the cherry on the cake actually is uh, that the FD, AFD uh, completely reject the scientific consensus on man-made climate change. <laughs> and they actually haven't put forward any policies at all on climate change, uh, which is quite funny, to be honest. That's, uh, that's the exact reason why p uh, young people don't vote for the uh, AFD. <laughs> and uh, so we're, we're in the middle of a pandemic still. Uh, what's the current situation in, in Germany? Well, in Germany, we've actually handled the quite, uh, pandemic well and bad. So um, right now, we don't really have these high infection rates because of uh, because about 60% of the, or even more, of the population are fully vaccinated. Um, in schools, we have strict policies um, about uh, uh, regulating COVID and all that stuff. And the people are very unhappy with how COVID was handled because we had a lockdown, then we didn't, then we had a second lockdown, and then we didn't, and then we had another lockdown and all that stuff. So people were quite unhappy with all that money spent on COVID without any result, with all the lockdowns and the psychological impact it had, especially on children. And um, this is also one reason why people don't want, uh, want to vote for the go uh, government coalition anymore, the SCDU and the SPD, because people think that they have, um, well, not done a good job there. And, um, and this has also given rise to more radical or splitter parties. For example, we've got uh, the Basis, which is a splitter fraction in Germany has uh, gained votes through the Querdenker movement, which uh, they are the conspiracy theorists who think that uh, the vaccination puts inside your chip uh, for 5G net or something like that. It's a very idiotic uh, ideas. Um, uh, but yeah, and like what's also decisive in the voting is the COVID regulations, which the people, uh, which the parties want to um, present. For example, should there be a um, should people be forced to take vaccinations or not? And that's, I think, a very deciding fact in the election. And uh, currently, do you have a vaccine passport implemented in Germany? Uh, well, we had a vaccine passport uh, since, I don't know, decades. Um, um, but uh, uh, if you get vaccinated, you get a digital um, vaccination pass, and it is put into your vaccination book. You always have like this yellow book where all your vaccinations are stamped in. Um, and uh, a COVID vaccination is nothing else but a usual vaccination will be put there. You get the digital um, uh, uh, for you just to put your phone out instead of taking your book everywhere with you. So you just can show your QR code, people check mm. and you can go into a bar or something like that. Or you but, just have a regular Corona test. And, yeah, that works too. Okay. But you have to show this in order to enter the bars currently. Uh, I think so. I, I don't like there's some bars, of course, and some rest. Like, like usually they don't demand it, but um, for example, cinemas and all that, uh, all these um, 
stores they demanded. Um, so if we, um, depending on the state and the infection rates there, we are federal state and we all handle it differently in the different states. So. Mm. And uh, as you said, uh, the, the government's been spending a lot of money uh, during this crisis. So what are the plans of the, the parties to try and pay for uh, the COVID debt? Uh, I presume there's a left-right divide on uh, how we uh, should get rid of this debt. Um, yeah, sure. Um, I didn't really inform myself that much about how um, the parties want to get rid of the debt, but uh, generally the idea of debt is uh, very big among the parties. So we've got the uh, uh, some parties who want to increase debt and uh, spend a lot of money, for example, the FDP and, uh, or the Green Party. Uh, on. We've got some parties who want to have the famous black zero. Um, mm. So no debt and no gain. Um, like the, I think, like, uh, for example, the financial minister Olaf Scholz, who's now the chancellor candidate of the SPD, was famous for his black uh, zero ID and he wants to continue it. And uh, so there are very many different perceptions on how to deal with debt and uh, generally the economy. Yeah, for, from what I've read, the CDU and FDP have ruled out any tax rises and the FDP have a, a very uh, radical program of uh, privatization and uh, uh, public spending cuts to pay this debt off, whereas the SD, SPD and Greens have uh, are looking for some sort of tax relief for small businesses and also a, a wealth tax on the one percent. So there are some conflicting ideas, uh, which will be interesting again to see how they're resolved in the coalition talks. Um, so I think immigration is is quite an obvious one. Uh, you know, we, we have the, the left-wing parties are pretty much in, in favour of open borders, whereas the AFD is... Uh, Only the AFD, to be honest. Yeah, and the CDU are one of those. Uh, it reminds me of the Conservative Party in England, uh, where they just, yeah, they, they promise uh, that they'll do more to stop or slow down immigration and then nothing really happens in the end just slogans and immigration is a very interesting topic because the parties have to look out for the left and right uh, mooted voters so for example the cdu is pretty center and or the spd as well almost and uh, like they cannot say we let everyone in to um, uh, to well uh, to get more left voters and they can't say we we let no one in for the uh, for the left voters not to go there. So it's really they really have to find a balance there. While the AFD always says, yeah, we want to make a secure Germany, and they play on uh, well somewhat racist ideals as well uh, against Islamism and to some part even um, a Jewism. Oh, sorry, a Jewism, uh, Judaism um, to strike those fears. And yeah, so we really see a drift between the left and the right wing parties uh, on how many we shall uh, bring in and how many not. Mm. And uh, what's been done to tackle social inequality in Germany? Social inequality. Um, well, we had social inequality since we ever existed and it, nothing really ever changed about it, uh, really. And um, 
there are as well different approaches. The FTP is more of the rich party and the um, they want to reduce taxes for the rich and um, not that much spend for social Tri trickle down economics as uh, reagan would put it hmm? trickle down economics uh, you yeah. know yeah yeah they, yeah they're yeah. very much the uh, trickle economics um and uh well especially the left party ones as i already said earlier the 12 euro uh, minimum uh, wage higher uh, much higher spending for social uh, for the social state so there are very many different approaches and um, much change okay the germany has become more social in the last decades but there was no radical change um, in my perception of course i'm young but uh, um yeah i can't really see that much change oh this is just the point i was going to come on to actually uh well the last time the uh, there was a big, yes, big left-wing victory. Was uh, like 1998. The, the the SPD won again the, the next election, but with a smaller margin. But since 1998, the the left-wing bloc, so the um, the SPD, the Greens, and Link, uh, their vote shares decreased every time. Uh, this election, we're we're going to see an increase of the left bloc by over 10 percent, probably, um, and then. Even uh, the CDU seems to be accepting some sort of uh, recognition of uh, uh, of change because, for example, they uh, uh, they were reluctant to uh, to re re implement the the uh, the politics of the big zero and uh, uh, balancing the budget. So, do you think the economic perspective of of traditionally fiscal conservatism in Germany has changed or will it? Well, of course, they have to move with the uh, hype or the flow or the stream of the left wing oriented uh, ideologies in, in the population. They see that the SPD and the Greens and the left party, they have all gained votes. Okay, the left party didn't really because um, they have uh, their voters have mostly moved to the greens but um, there's much as you said there's much more left populism than right populism in germany currently just like you know in mass and they have to move for the stream they have to say okay we are going to do these changes so their voters don't flee to other parties like the spd uh, like the spd and the cdu are like shoulder to shoulder and they're uh, and the voters can move to from one side to the other quite easily because they're almost the same party. Only one is more centre and traditional, and the other one is more leftist liberal. So it's very uh, very um, important for them to um, watch out for the current mood in the population. Uh, and this current government of the CDU and the SPD actually introduced a minimum wage for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Which is uh, quite radical for. Uh, the fiscally fiscally conservative uh, Germany, yeah. uh, and and just the final policy uh, education. What what's uh, what are the parties offering for? I, I think that's also very striking for the younger uh, voters. Uh, so especially with the COVID crisis, digitalization has been as um, contemporary as ever before. So 
in my school, um, the before the COVID crisis, we had no digitalization at all. We used overhead projectors from uh, in which it says built in 1980 in West Germany, and that was almost all the technology we had. And now with the, the COVID crisis, we have a new building with all these new modern technologies. We have a, a modern website. We have we are all that digitalized, and this is the exact idea about education, giving education more money to spend on digitalization uh, so students can study more at home and study more easy at home. And the different parties uh, give different concepts there. And um, the Greens and the FDP are very um, interested in giving education more money and giving it more uh, money to spend with especially concerning, uh, concerning digitalization. Well, the CDU and SPD are more on a traditional stance and saying, okay, you, you have your money, do what you want with it. And uh, that's it. And um, I think that's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's a developing topic since ever the pandemic began. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, let's move on then to some uh, predictions, really. So first of all, is the SPD victory inevitable? Oh, well, very difficult question there. Um, so in Germany, polls, especially the IMSA polls and all these polls, they, um, they are usually not much more wrong than 2%. And the CDU and the SPD are in 4 to 3% um, next to each other. So the CDU still has a chance to win. Will they win? I think... It is about the current mood of the Germans, really. It is about the last itch, uh, stitches of um, uh, of the um, uh, of the uh, of the election campaign of the respective parties. But I think that the SPD has a high probability to win this election, um, and the CDU will be very will be very close behind it. But I have a little, not strong feeling, but a moderate feeling that maybe the CDU wins by somehow by a margin because it is a CDU and it's always the governing party of Germany and people in front of the ballot think just make the cross of the CDU so I think there is a slight chance of the CDU to win and it's not like minimal it is there it is a chance but uh, the SPD is I think uh, almost clear. From what I've seen as well, the, the ceiling is much higher for the SPD. So, uh, yeah, I can't remember where, where this might have been Europe elects, but uh, 46 of uh, pollsters said they were definitely going to vote SPD, uh, whilst only 41% for the CDU and 33% the Greens. Uh, and then only 20% categorically ruled out voting for the SPD uh whilst 28 percent ruled out cdu 37 greens 47 dialing and 70 percent afd so you can see the the potential ceiling for the spd is is much higher which, which seems to suggest that they have a even greater chance than some of the polls um yeah. may suggest yeah, um yeah. i think the spd is going to win this one so in Germany, of course, it's very, very difficult to have a majority. So uh, we normally have coalition governments. 
so how is it looking for probable coalition governments? Yeah, so there is a hypothetical chance of, of the SPD and the CDU doing a grand coalition again, which I, however, rule out because of the different beliefs. And uh, the SPD has the, um, well, the, uh, the stereotype of being bullied by the CDU. And I think with the election win, they want to get out of this coalition, uh, out of this grand coalition then. Um, and in the and in the TV interviews, the leader of the CDU, the Chancellor candidate, um, is more ardent to do a coalition with the Green Party, and that is very interesting. So we've got the SPD and the Green Party, and uh, together in current surveys they would have forty percent, so that they need extra ten percent. Some people think that they would do a red green red coalition or red red green. So the SPD Greens and the left ones. However, that would be a minority government as they only currently have 46%. But as we said, the SPD ceiling is high and if they get, let's say 30%, then that wouldn't be impossible. However, as I earlier said, the left party is very, very much left. So I think it will not be easy to form a coalition. What would, would be possible as well, what the well actually what's interesting about that is that it's a tactic which has been used a lot by the cdu in the past is the the red scare and actually armin laschet has uh repeated this but uh he, he was attacking uh schloss for not uh, ruling out a coalition with uh, uh link and actually angela merkel uh came out and supported this claim uh repeating the attack on the SPT, which, which seems to be a very, for me, a sign of uh, desperation uh, that they're, they're coming out with this red scare. And actually, it was another radical social democrat, uh, Tony Blair, who once said uh, that when you're attacking someone, you shouldn't go for the attacks that will win you applause at the Labour Party conference. You should go for attacks where you get the nods in the pubs. People want realistic, and I, I don't think people would see uh, the CDU's red scare attacks as a as something realistic because, well, mostly because of the uh, radical foreign policy and, and NATO withdrawal. I, I, I don't think coalition is possible there. Yeah, I can only agree with you there. What would you what would theoretically be possible is. Uh, a Germany coalition, so red, uh, well, black, red, yellow. Uh, so CDU, SPD, and FDP, that would be theoretically possible. Um, so we've got a more left party, a more centrist party, more of a right uh, capitalist um, uh, party, which would work. Now it must be in the sake of the SPD if they really want a coalition with the CDU. Or if the SPD um, gets even more votes, they can theoretically do a, a coalition with the Greens and the FDP. Um, they even have enough votes now. Um, so an SPD, Green and FDP coalition would, would be possible. And um, I think actually quite realistic maybe. Um, however, it will all depend on, on the fine margins of the- um, Is that the, uh, the so-called traffic lights? coalition uh, S exactly, S yeah, S which the bookies have currently got as the the favorite 
uh, at 2.4. Uh, it's believed that the, the, the traffic light coalition is the most probable. Um, but how, how does that, how would that look then? Because uh, from what I've seen, the SDP policies are suggesting more public spending, higher taxes on the, the wealthy. How do they form a coalition with a party, uh, libertarian-esque, like the FDP? Well, I think uh, the FDP wants to be in the government and they have some things that they really want to push through and some things that they say that they can, well, ignore just for the sake of being in the government. And um, I think that they can find a solution, even though the SPD has the, uh, has the upper hand here. Um, I think it is realistic because the FDP knows that if... However, oh, the FDP also has a bargain because if they don't join into that coalition, what will the SPD and the Green do? The Greens already have said that they want to see the CDU in the opposition, so they will never, almost never, do a coalition with the CDU. And the leftist parties are strong enough, and uh, well, God forbid, the AFD, which they will never do a coalition with. Um, and so they actually can, I think they will find a compromise and a very good compromise there. Yeah. Um, Olaf Scholz is more of an econo economist than, of a, than a social libertarian. So I think we can see a more of a right wing attitude, a right wing, but more center left attitude of this SPD. And uh, you can really see the SPD as in the middle and the Greens and the FDP on each respective sides pulling the SPD into one direction. Uh, so it will be a fragile government, but uh, I think it will work. I guess as well, uh, this is where the, the Red Scare could come in. Actually, the, S the SPD could use uh, the left party as, uh, as leverage to sort of threaten the SDP into their uh, coalition deal. Yeah. Uh, which could be... In and uh, what's interesting that actually in... The last election, there was a record level of vote splitting. 27% uh, of Germans split their vote. So that there could be, uh, I think people are becoming more and more aware of how the system could work. And people could be, rather than voting twice for a party, voting in a block mentality. So if you're a progressive, you're going to vote. Um, SPD as your first choice, maybe Greens as your second. If you're more on the conservative side, you, you're going to put S, uh, CDU first choice, um, FDP second choice. So Actually, in the junior voting in our school, I actually did that, CDU as the FDP. Oh, interesting. Knowing that uh, the most um, students in my school would vote for Greens, so I had a had to have a regular, uh, like regulator uh, choice to do that. So if we all vote green, then I think that wouldn't work. So uh, it's more fun. So the latest polls have uh, uh, YouGov, Inter and Forza have pretty much the same. Uh, SDP, 25% for every poll. Uh, Inter and Forza have CDU at 22%, with YouGov putting them at 21% which does mean in the past week or so, the CDU have sort of caught up a, s a slight bit. Um, yeah. 
and uh, then, I never really recovered, but well. No. Um, the Greens for YouGov and Inter at 15%. Forza have them at 17%. AFD seem to be around... Well, AFD and FDP are always between 11 and 12%, and Link between 6 and 7%. So according to Europe, Alex seat forecast the total seats themselves will actually increase by 30 to 739 the spd will have 210 seats up 57 cdu csu coalition 170 down 76 uh, very bad election greens up 60 to 127 which is unbelievable uh, the fdp on 91 so up 11 AFD not really changing to 90, so four lost seats, and link uh, down to 51 seats, down, down 18 seats. So as you said, from that seat forecast, the only two-party coalition possible is the grand coalition between CDU and SPD, but that's got a very weak majority of 10, uh, and both parties, I think, will have fatigue of each other, so I doubt that will happen. Uh, the SP, SDP and Greens are on 337, which means um, if there was some tactical voting to happen, uh, currently there are only 28 seats off a majority, so it, it could be interesting to see if, if they could possibly just about get the vote on the day. Um, but the traffic light, if you add in the FDP, uh, boosts that up to 426. And the Jamaican coalition between the CDU, Greens and FDP have it at 388, so a, a very slim majority. Um, so let's get some tips in before we go, because that's what it's supposed to be about, the show. Uh, so I'd say if you're a safe uh, better. Uh, Betfair is probably the, the best place to look because they're doing um, margin of errors of 5% bands. Um, so the Greens have been polling between 15 and 20% uh, for the last 52 out of 54 polls. Uh, and that's almost at evens now. So I think that's a, a good bet. Uh, probably the, the safest bet in terms of the uh, the band. What's going to be interesting, though, is the coalitions. So for me, I think you can rule out any coalition with Link or AFD. I, I don't think that's possible at all. Uh, I think you'll agree with me, uh, Leon. Yeah, I think... Well, difficult depends on the seat choice, but if the Green Party want to risk a coalition with the left, but uh, I think it's very unlikely. Mm. And uh, due to the fact that it failed the last election and the fact that the CDU will be much weaker this time uh, and not really be seen as the legitimate governing party, I can't see the Jamaican coalition uh, really happening. Yeah, you can rule that out because the uh, in the last chancellorship uh, debate, the Green uh, candidate said that she wants to see the CDU in the opposition, 
which means that she doesn't want to see them in the government, which means that she won't do a, a government with them. And um, also they would scare away their voters. And I think as well, if I, I can't really see after 16 years in government, the CDU uh, willingly being the uh, junior partner in a, in a government. So I, I think it's a time for them to regroup in opposition. Mm. So now we have to look at, so for me, there are, there are three, uh, I think I, I can only really see the, the traffic light. Uh, so the, the traffic light with the SPD, FDP and Greens is at 2.4, which is pretty good odds, to be honest. Uh, it, it's the majority of seats, it reflects uh, the election result really with, with the SPD winning whilst the FDP and Greens have grown their vote share. It allows the CDU to regroup in opposition. Schloss uh, is a moderate centrist, so I think you'll be able to find some sort of middle ground with the FDP. And actually the FDP itself is sort of split as well. Some of the some parts of the SDP FDP is similar to the Lib Dems. Uh, so they could be happy really focusing more on the social aspects of policies such as cannabis legalization and some taxes on cuts, uh, cuts on taxes. Can, can you see any other possible outcome? You mean with coalitions? Yeah. Other than the ample, uh, then the traffic light one, because yeah. I think the traffic light, the traffic light one will be the um, will almost be certain uh, actually. Yeah. The only thing. Uh, so what about? So you 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 ruled out uh, there being a grand coalition between the three. Could you ever see an SPD CDU Green? Jamaica. Uh, no, no. No, wait. No, that's S the wrong color, actually. Yeah. SPD, CDU, and Greens, the, the grand between the Yeah, three. as I said earlier, the Green Party will never do a coalition with the CDU um, for the reason that she's already stated that she wants to see the uh, CDU in opposition. Mm. But also, people are voting for the Green Party to not have the CDU in the government uh, and for radical change, which the CDU will not be willing to give. And you already said that the CDU wants, doesn't want to be a junior partner and be bullied around by two leftist parties or like rather left parties. Um, so I think that won't be possible. So I'd, I'd say, uh, so as I said, my my green tip, so between 15 and 20% voucher, I think that's uh, inevitable. And then I, I, I'd, my advice would be on this. So I, I'd put a good lump on uh, the traffic light coalition and just in case it happens, because currently the SD, SPD Green, uh, just a two-party coalition, uh, is currently trading at 10 to 1. I'd say it's worth putting just a, just a few quid on that because uh, some tactical voting could possibly push them towards a majority. And, uh, of course, they, they would rather take the two-party coalition uh, and of course, some people in Germany, I think, would be concerned with 
it, this would be the first free party coalition since the 1950s and the larger a coalition is the, the tends to be more fragmentation and instability so that could weigh on uh, some german minds as they go to the poll so i'd say with those odds a couple of quid on that but your main money is going on uh, the traffic light uh so i think that covers everything mm -hmm. um okay, I, concerning the three-party coalitions in the Weimar republic <laughs> the uh, coalitions were usually out of five or six parties uh, so the german <laughs> mentality really changed there i i'm comparing with my uh, knowledge of france uh, with the fourth republic uh, there was a new government every nine months because coalitions but uh, that is the French, to be honest. Uh, they like to complain. And to uh, revolutionise. <laughs> well, I think that's everything covered. Uh, Leon, it was a pleasure having you on. Thank you for inviting me once again, and uh, I enjoyed it. Thank you very much. And, uh, well, I've, I haven't looked, to be honest, what the next election is. I, I hope uh, there's one on the horizon, uh, which we can discuss. But uh, I, I'm actually pretty excited about uh, these elections because uh, quite a lot of possibilities uh, and it will be just yeah very interesting. But uh, thank you everyone for watching and uh, we'll see you soon. Bye bye.